Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. So excited to bring this topic to you because it is such a passionate topic for me. Um, If you have not gotten a copy of my book, To Love and to Be Loved, you're going to want to get a copy of that. You can go to my website, get a copy of it there. You can go directly to Amazon. Just put in To Love and to Be Loved, Establishing Healthy Relationships. Put in my name, Lisa Schwartz. Never put the T in the last in my last name because there is no T in it. So many different ways we can connect. If you have been following along in this series and you're starting to wonder, oh gosh, I think maybe my relationships are not as excellent as they could be. I do think I there are places in my own life where I can be working on coming into better communication, better connection, uh, cultivating a better personality within the relationships that I am in, and you want to connect about those. Um, book a discovery call. Let's connect for 15 minutes. Uh, that is no cost to you, but I want to connect with you and we can talk about ways that we can uh, really start working together to move you towards the most excellent design of your relationships. Remember, we want to chase down all that God has in mind for us because you and I are created for connection. Now, we have talked about uh, the traits of a healthy relationship. We have talked about the traits of an unhealthy relationship. Uh, We have talked about the fact that we are created for connection, and today we're going to start moving into um, the how to redefine your relationships. So, one of the things um, that I believe is super important in learning to redefine your relationships is recognizing no how no matter how long you have been in a relationship, no matter what the pattern is, it is never too late to change that pattern. Now. It is obviously much easier if you have the partnership with the person that you are in relationship with. um, But if that is not the case, we're going to be talking about that as well. So if it's just you who is like, this is not a good relationship. Um, I know I've worked with a lot of women who have a really bad relationships with their mom or a really bad relationship with their dad. um, And mom and dad aren't really necessarily hip on making changes. Maybe you've just come to know the Lord and you're starting to see some toxicity in your current relationships. And you don't want to lose that relationship, but you do want to change some of the patterns. You do want to change the personality of that relationship. Be of good cheer because uh, I am going to be walking you through things that you can be doing to begin cultivating those changes. So that is the first thing I want you to realize is when you are ready for change, number one, it is not too late. Number two, um, it can just involve you um, to change that pattern. Now, you can only do what you can do, um, but the point is, is don't use the fact that this other person isn't willing to change as an excuse to not change the relationship. Um, Because most of the time, uh, our relationships are toxic because of how they affect us, not necessarily because of how they're affecting the other person or what the other person is doing. So we can't change the other person's behavior. We can't change their mindset. We can't change their attitude. But what we can do is we can change how it influences us, how it affects us, how it um, impacts our identity in a moment. Let's be honest, a lot of times we allow our relationships to impact our identity Those are the things that we can control. Um, So because I'm not sitting across the room from you and I can't really discuss, you know, the depths of your relationship and whether or not it is abusive, not abusive, uh, I don't want to be ignorant and and, um, counsel you to do something um, based on what I don't know. Uh, But what I do know is you are the one who is watching this video and so you are the one that I am talking to and things that you can be doing to begin cultivating changes. 
So I want to say that very clearly. I do believe that there is power in really enforcing change in your current relationships. Remember, we are talking about every relationship. We are not just talking about marriage, um, but we are including marriage in that as well. Um, I believe, I, I think I mentioned in the last episode, I believe that one of the reasons why we have such a high rate of, um, of divorce, especially even in the church, is because uh, we don't know how to set healthy boundaries. We don't know how to cultivate change. At some point, we come into this recognition that my marriage is not the best or it's abusive or it's unhealthy in some form or fashion. And instead of really pressing in, making changes, um, enforcing change in the relationship, through healthy boundaries, uh, sometimes it's easier that we just put up a wall and we just cut off that relationship. Um, Hence, we end up in divorce. Um, So if you have not watched the last episode, go back and watch that. I shared a little bit about Brad and I and how we kind of came to this place where we're like, oh, there are some changes we need to make in our relationship. And we really engaged in changing the personality of our relationship by focusing on each one of us individually and then coming back to each other and really Uh, working, and when I say working, working to change unhealthy patterns that we were stuck in. Um, And so that required a lot of uh, partnership and required a lot of intentionality, um, but it worked. Uh, So uh, I want to talk about your relationship pattern. So you've heard me say a lot about the personality of a relationship. So every relationship establishes a personality, and that personality is established by the patterns of each person in the relationship. So you were brought up under a system that taught you certain behaviors. It taught you through established core beliefs. And because of your core beliefs, you have established certain behaviors within relationships. Now, if you're like, I have no idea what she's talking about, pick up a copy of my book, Enforcing You, where I talk about your system plus your experience is what equals your core beliefs. So, but if, let me give you a really practical example. If I was raised up uh, being rejected by my father or I had to be perfect in order to receive love from my father, in other words, it was conditional. If I uh, didn't keep my room clean, if I didn't get good grades, if I didn't uh, behave appropriately, then love was withheld from me. Um, What that teaches me, that's part of my system and my experience, and what that teaches me is maybe a core belief that in order to be loved, I have to do everything perfectly. Um, It also kind of teaches me that I'm easily rejectable or that I'm not lovable even in my faults. I therefore then establish a pattern in relationships that maybe is operating in fear where I want to be perfect. And so maybe I establish uh, where I'm, I don't feel free to be totally transparent or honest in relationships because I'm afraid this person isn't going to love me or accept me uh, if I'm not perfect. And so this, this can translate several different ways depending on who you are. But the point is, is we establish patterns um, in our relationships based on our experience and our system growing up. And then we take that pattern into every relationship that we have. Now, let's say it's in marriage because that's a popular relationship. Let's say I marry somebody who also feels the same way. And we get stuck into this, we develop this personality uh, that we're easily rejected and we often both feel rejected and neither one of us feels safe to pursue love 
to one another and because we're afraid we're going to be rejected and in our fear of not pursuing love we're actually cultivating the rejection in the other person and so goes the crazy in this relationship i also might build friendships where uh i maybe i'm i'm a little bit needy uh, i i feel like uh, i feel jealous when somebody is hanging out with without me I, i have fomo i feel like i have to be better and uh, i feel like i have to prove myself And so again, that therefore then impacts the person I'm in relationship with and depending on what their system is, what their experience is, they will respond to me one way or another. But the point is is we all bring patterns, we all brings bring ideas, core beliefs into our relationships based on our system and based on our experience. So one of the things that we need to recognize is our part and the crap that we bring into relationships. We've heard that all we've talked a lot about the baggage, right, that you bring into relationships. And your baggage plus the other person's baggage baggage equals a storage room full of unhealth a lot of times. Um, and so you need to recognize uh, that you need to go back and sometimes ask yourself, why do I believe what I believe? Why do I behave the way I do in uh, my relationships? And really go deep. Um, in recognizing, oh, you know what, I do often respond this way because I am starting to recognize that I struggle with feeling rejected because of my past, even though this person has never actually done something to reject me. I'm giving you a lot of information, but bottom line, I want you to recognize that you have a relationship pattern in your life. And if you look at the most of your relationships, you will recognize um, that you have uh, some similarities in how you respond. Now, often you'll have that one or two relationship that feel freer or feel different because that person maybe has cultivated, maybe they've responded differently to you. And so the personality that the two of you have established in that relationship is a little bit different. Uh, a lot of times, let me give you an example. So a lot of times we have, I don't know if you've noticed this, but sometimes when we go back to our parents' house or we go back to the home that we grew up in, we catch ourselves slipping into old patterns. Or maybe when you're dealing with your siblings, uh, you catch yourself responding or behaving ways you would have years ago because you don't really spend a lot of time with those people on a regular basis. Most of us don't. Um, and so you still kind of fall into the personality of who you were 15 years ago, even though now as an adult, you have a totally different personality. And, um, and so, but the pattern of the relationship was established way back here. And if you haven't grown together in adulthood, a lot of times when you go back to that place, um, you find yourself behaving the way you used to, responding the way you used to. That really bothers me. I, I, um, I get frustrated when I catch myself falling into old patterns, um, when I'm like, that's not who I am anymore. Um, And and it's difficult because when it's a a relationship from your past, right? Because when you go back into that relationship, you immediately slip back into that rut of that personality. Um, So it's important for you to recognize that often those people have changed as well. So sometimes we uh, don't wanna engage in relationships from 15 or 20 years ago But we have to recognize that just as God has been working things out in our lives, uh, he has probably been working out things in somebody in that other person's life as well. So this is just an example of how we often uh, fall into the pattern instead of falling into who we want to be in a moment. 
Now, let's take a moment and define the personality of a particular relationship. So I heard it once broken into these three categories. Um, so sometimes when we feel like, I'm in a really bad relationship, um, a lot of times in the counseling room, what I will say is, would you describe this relationship as being difficult, disappointing, or destructive? So when you kind of take a moment, if you need to push the pause button, write those three down, difficult, disappointing, or destructive. Now, um, I want you to ask yourself this because a lot of times in our relationships, we assume that a relationship is abusive when the reality is maybe it's just difficult or it's disappointing. Um, let's be honest, when, when a lot of us enter into a relationship, particularly when we enter into marriage, we have expectations. I try to tell people that your expectation is a predetermined disappointment. So be ready and be prepared that you might go through some disappointing seasons, that things don't turn out quite the way you thought they were going to. Um, and just because you are in a relationship that is disappointing does not mean it is destructive. Same thing with difficult. You might be in a very difficult relationship. Uh, that is, it's difficult for us to communicate. He's very quiet. Uh, he seems to feel, uh, he hardly uh, responds to me, whatever it is. Um, that is difficult. That doesn't necessarily mean it is destructive. Now, that is not to dismiss the fact that sometimes that does not feel destructive. Sometimes it feels destructive when I'm being ignored especially if I'm coming in with a pattern that I struggle with, rejection, right? Because when I'm being ignored, I easily perceive rejection when the reality or the truth is maybe the other person is just having a bad day. Maybe they're just tired. Maybe they're just not feeling well. Or maybe they are um, a self-reflective person and they're processing internally and therefore they're not communicating a whole lot externally. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are rejecting you or it's destructive to who you are or to your identity. It just means it's difficult. Um, now, there are times when we can allow those types of behaviors and those types of patterns to become destructive because we allow that to begin to define who I am. And this is again where I'm constantly gonna be pointing my finger back at you. You have to recognize, even if someone is legitimately rejecting me, I do not need to let that, I do not need to let that define me. I can take that to the Lord and say, look, this person, whether they are or they are not genuinely rejecting me, it feels as though they're genuinely rejecting me, but God, you say, I am wholly loved, I am wholly accepted, I am loved unconditionally, that you have received me, that you adopted me before the foundations of the earth, that your eye is upon me, that you are pointing at me, that you see me in all things. These are my truths. And so I can say, God, whether or not this person is or is not rejecting me, I choose to respond to a spirit of acceptance and a spirit of love. Now notice that I said, I choose to respond. I choose to respond. I choose to respond to the spirit of God in me versus the spirit that I'm facing. Okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to put a pin in that because we're going to go down that path here in a minute. But I want to finish talking about this difficult, disappointing, and destructive. 
So in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. God allows challenges into our lives, especially through relationships. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, what was it, Kermit the Frog? that used to, Or no, it was... Uh, Miss Piggy, that saying you can't live with them, you can't live without them, talking about men. Well, that's kind of how a relationship is, right? Like sometimes they're the most difficult places in our life, but they're also the most wonderful places in our lives. And God is going to use relationships to refine us and to grow us. He is unwilling to leave us complete. That's what that passage is saying. Having its perfect work. So he allows trials and tribulations to work things out in our lives because he is not willing that we would be incomplete. He, he wants us to be perfected, lacking in nothing. That's what this passage is talking about. Now, if I believe that, if I believe that God is using every trial and tribulation to perfect me, that I would not be incomplete, then I would automatically consider it all joy. So we read this passage sometimes and we think, uh, uh, God is commanding me to, to just consider it joy when I'm, so I'm just going to consider it joy. I'm just going to, and we, we kind of follow this legalistically. But there's an invitation here to say, look, if you understand the beauty of how I use challenges, particularly through relationships for this, for this episode, particularly through relationships, if you understand how I'm using the difficulty or the disappointment in order to refine you and grow you, then you would really press into that and you would embrace it and you would find it joy. You would consider it joy. That doesn't mean I'm enjoying it. It just means I find joy in the process because I know that God is working things out. Now, notice I did not talk about destructive. Now, this is where you have to be, if you feel the relationship is destructive, reflect back on um, some of the episodes where I talked about forms of unhealthy relationships. Um, and ask yourself, is the relationship destructive physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually? If you're currently in a physically destructive relationship, I'm going to tell you you need to seek safety ASAP, 100%. If you're in an emotional destructive, mentally destructive, um, I'm going to tell you you need to seek counsel ASAP. Ask somebody who uh, is going to be able to help you really recognize, A, is this destructiveness? Because again, remember, sometimes we feel like it's destructive, but it's not genuinely destructive. And so I think there's a place there for you to really self-discover, how am I perceiving things? Why is this destroying my mental capacity, my emotional? Is that genuinely the motive of the person I'm in relationship with? Or is it just the way that person impacts me? Now, let me pause for a moment and tell you I have been in some friendships before. Um, you know, sometimes we have those friends that are just super intense and they're, I mean, they're intense and they're very passionate and maybe they're an eight on the Enneagram and so they're really aggressive, like they're the challenger. And for some of us, that can feel very overwhelming. And if you're not confident in your own skin, if you don't have courage in a moment, that can feel very oppressive. It can feel very cruel. It can feel like that person is very mean if they're overly confrontational. So again, you may need to take a step back to really reflect on who you are and is this person and the way they're treating me, is it impacting me and impressing me so negatively because of the things that need to be matured within me? That's just so important. 
And that's okay. There have been times when I'm like, look, I need to take a step back. I need to grab some space between me and this person because I notice that when I'm with them, I feel a certain way and I need to work that out. That's not their problem. That's for me to work out. So again, these are places where you need to possibly seek counsel, uh, talk these things out, book that discovery call so I can talk it out with you. Um, But more often than not, people who are actually genuinely in an abusive relationship are more likely to not see it than they are to see it. Um, So again, keep, go back, get the book, reread forms of abusive relationships, forms of unhealthy uh, traits within a relationship. So let's talk about redefining the pattern. So uh, once we have decided, I want to redefine the pattern. I don't like the pattern of this relationship. I don't like the pattern of this relationship. And chances are you're gonna see the same thing in each one of those relationships because you are the common denominator in those. So this is where you get to really start looking in the mirror and saying, okay, what do I need to change in my own mind and in my own heart in order to enforce a change in this relationship. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when we're looking at this verse specifically uh, in relationships. Remember, we've been talking a lot about the patterns. We're talking about no longer being conformed to the pattern of which you have set through the behaviors, through the mindset, through the predetermined core beliefs that you've brought in, but rather you're choosing to intentionally renew your mind so that you can begin to shift your patterns within every relationship. So to create new ruts um, in your mind, so I often say like if you've been in a pattern over and over again and you're in your uh, relationships, you establish kind of a grid, a grid in your brain. Um, and so you want to create new, a new grid, new ruts. So that is going to require you to engage um, by changing your thought pattern. So for example, um, if I feel like I struggle with fear in relationship, the, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And so I might really engage in changing my mind and saying like oftentimes I fear Uh, being rejected or not being loved. And so therefore, I act a certain way to avoid uh, being rejected. Uh, So we see this a lot with kids when they lie, when they're not honest. I will tell parents, well, your child doesn't feel safe to be honest. They're operating in fear. And so part of the parent's job is to cultivate an atmosphere where the child feels safe. Um, But if that is you as an adult, you have to ask yourself, like, do I feel like I don't feel free to be totally transparent and be totally honest in all of my relationships, whether it's a coworker, whether it's your boss, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your children, that is an area where you are operating in fear. And the antidote to that is I'm not convinced that even if I'm honest with this person and this person does reject me, that I'm still being saturated by the perfect love of God. And therefore, I have no fear of this person not loving me. So look, I'm not finding my hope in going, oh, surely this person's still going to love me. I'm finding my hope in that even if this person doesn't love me, I am loved perfectly by the God of all gods. So if I begin to recognize that this is a pattern that I struggle with, I might take that passage of scripture and really begin to declare and decree, God, you say that you love me and you love me perfectly. 
And your perfect love is what will cast out all my fear. And so I confess, God, that I fear not being loved by man. And I recognize, Lord, that the answer here is not to be loved by man, but the answer is to be loved by you. And so I just receive your love right now in the name of Jesus. I receive it from the top of my head all the way down to the tips of my toes. God, I agree with you that you say I am loved wholly, perfectly, just as I am. And I receive that love wholly, perfectly, and just as I am. Now I'm going to do this demonstration. So then you're going to take a look at yourself in a mirror so I have my mirror here and you're gonna say Lisa you are loved perfectly God has loved you since the beginning of time receive his love from the top of your head all the way down to the tips of your toes I speak against fear that would cause you to operate uh, in ways that are not in the perfection of your design in every relationship and I breathe the love of God over you in Jesus name you are loved perfectly so this is how I'm gonna to begin to really transform my mind. Now, I know you're saying, I thought this was about my relationships. It is about your relationships. But remember I'm saying that your relationships, the health of your relationships is definitely, or is directly connected to your relationship with God and your relationship with you. So this is the first step in really starting to redefine the patterns in your relationship, is for you to take a look in the mirror and say, what kind of a pattern, what kind of a thought process, what kind of process, what kind of core beliefs did I bring into these relationships? And how can I begin to attack those with truth? Okay, so this is your action item for this episode. Now, I know I started to talk about mirroring spirits. I'm going to go into that in the next episode because we are out of time for today. So get a copy of my book, To Love and to Be Loved, uh, Establishing Healthy Relationships. All right, you guys, that sums it up for today. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening. 